That is the music that greeted millions of television viewers for years on ABC's All My Children. Well, on Saturday morning, last Saturday, March 28th, a member of our family who was loved by those millions of people who enjoyed his work on screen, on stage, and here at iHub Radio, left us all quite suddenly when a stroke took him from family, friends, and fans. John Kevin Callahan was 66 years old. He has had a tremendous career in TV and film and theater and perhaps best known for playing Edmund Gray on the ABC daytime drama All My Children from 1992 to 2005. John started his four decades on TV back in 1982 when he played a reporter in an episode of Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Just a few years later, he became a recurring character on the primetime soap that starred Jane Wyman, Falcon Crest. Some of his other roles in daytime soaps included Days of Our Lives, General Hospital, and Santa Barbara, and he had a long list of other credits as well. He was a longtime resident here in the Coachella Valley, and he has left a hole in our hearts. We wanted to dedicate this hour, which John has hosted since the inception of iHub Radio 23 months ago, to remembering him with friends and colleagues. I'm John McMullen, and we will be joined by, among others, Bobby Eakes, Melissa Neiderman, Kate Zena, Anthony Turk, Julia Barr, and Walt Willie. Thank you for being here as we pay tribute to a great man, our friend, John Callahan. Let's begin things by introducing you to Anthony Turk. Mr. Turk is a public relations professional. He is the publicist for John's good friend, former spouse, and co-parenting partner, Eva LaRue. Anthony, sad to get together on this occasion, but thank you for being here today. Hi, John. Thank you for that intro, and thank you for having me. I'm sorry we're here for such somber circumstances. Anthony, you've known John for quite some time. Do you remember when you guys first met? I met John in 2001 when I started working with Eva. I've been her publicist for, um, I guess, 19 years, and um, she was actually uh, pregnant with Kaya at the time when I first met her and started working with her. And um, I first met John at their home in Montclair, New Jersey. When I went out there, Eva had a big event to attend, and I met him out there. And then years later, when John moved back to California, he um, you know moved back to his home. He had a, he always had a home in Palm Desert, and I have a second home in Palm Springs. So um, you know we just were able to reconnect here in California. I'd guess that generally speaking, it's the high moments in an entertainer's career that makes the work of a publicist so rewarding. I don't imagine that it's ever easy to be the one who is breaking news of a client or a friend's death to a vast group of people, but you were first to deliver a public message beyond some very personal reflections shared by Eva and their daughter Kaya's social media. Uh, Would you mind sharing about that? Yeah, you know, it was interesting. Um, there's so much going through my mind right now. You know, uh, this whole thing has just been such a whirlwind since I got the call from Eva on Friday morning when she was notified that John um, had had a stroke. So um, since then, you know, I, I, I released a press release on Saturday to announce it to everyone because I was I was really um, concerned that the way that the world found out about this was going to follow Kaya for the rest of her life. And so I wanted to make sure that the messaging was from Kaya and from Eva. Sure. And, um, you know, and also too with the coronavirus going on right now, I just, um, I felt like we didn't want any wrong messages and I wanted people to know how he actually did pass away. 
Now, John was a really handsome guy, and what a beautiful duo that he and Eva LaRue made, uh, working side-by-side on All My Children. So Sometimes I think that Judy Bly Wilson, the show's casting director, was something of a yenta. As I, you know, looking at all the press that's been generated and everything, and the way that people have been talking about him and everything, I realized that he and Eva together were really a force to be reckoned with on daytime television. I mean, I mean, looking at it, they were an iconic couple and so beloved. And even though John hasn't been on that show for so long, I mean, people are are mourning the loss of John and Edmund. You know, it's it's almost kind of like you know, with Eva and John their love affair kind of um, transcended television and carried on into real life. And I just, the interesting thing about John too, is even though he wasn't working all the time, John was really, really comfortable in his skin. He wasn't one of these actors that was constantly thinking, oh, I have to be working, I have to be working. You know, he knows that he did all the work and he's had a really great career. And I think he was kind of enjoying his life in the desert, you know, he would teach acting classes and he would work with different charity organizations and stuff. I'm sure Melissa can tell you more about that and Bobby. And, you know, John was just so comfortable in his own skin. For as great an actor as he was, he, he wasn't full of angst about not working anymore. And I always really admired him for that. Anthony Turk, please don't go anywhere. We want to continue to have you be a part of this conversation. I want to bring in now Melissa Neiderman, who has done so much outstanding philanthropic work in the desert cities of Southern California. And previously, she co-hosted Pop City, an iHub radio show that immediately followed John's program every Saturday morning. She is also here with her co-host of that program, another alumnus of All My Children, Bobby Eeks. A pleasure to have you with us as well. It's nice to talk with you both again to remember John, although I know that we all wish that it was not for this kind of an occasion. Thank you. I feel the same Thanks. way. I'm sorry it has to be like this. Yeah, it's it's uh, it was just shocking. It, it was just completely shocking. Um, John was so young. 66 is young. I'm sorry. It just is. And uh, none of us, we, we never know when our number's up, but boy, that just took us all, just shook us to the core. You know, we love him. He was so giving, and Melissa can speak to that in depth. A- anytime he was asked to do anything in the desert here for charity, he would do it. Isn't that right, Melissa? Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I really am having a hard time with this. I became really close with him through doing all of this charity work, and we had a mutual friend, Wendy Heckman. And John and I would just text each other, especially when it got close to each of the events that we were doing. And if you could read the text, you could really see what kind of person I, I keep saying he is. <laughs> I'm not ready to say what he is. Um, and it, it just shows he never, he would always say, Melissa, this isn't a, we're not going to talk about me. I'm doing this because this needs to be done. And we've got to make people know about this charity or that event, especially the American Cancer Society. And he always, he kept saying, what can I do? What do you need me to do today? Um, how can I help you? Just tell me what you need me to do and I'm there. And it, it, it was just, it would always make me tear up even back then. I go, this is such an amazing, larger than life man who had the biggest heart and was funny. And you just, as soon as you met him, you felt comfortable talking to him because he listened to you when you talked to him. 
Now, Melissa, you've teamed up with some neighbors of yours to do this entertaining web video series that's on YouTube called Six Blocks Apart. On your most recent past episode, you and your husband, Tim, along with Tristan Rogers and his wife, Teresa, had a tribute of your own to John. Uh, You shared a really funny story about how you first met this bigger-than-life Irish mensch. Will you share that? Yes. um, I think it was 2004, 2005. Surprisingly, we met at a charity event for the American Heart Association. At the time, um, I wasn't married yet to my husband. I went out of um, the venue just to go to the bar and get a drink by myself. And while I was there, this man came up to me and said, hey, what are you doing here by yourself? <laughs> and I turned around and, and I went, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. My, I couldn't even talk. And then finally I went, get a drink. And then my husband came out to find me and I go, guess who this is? And I have the picture <laughs> to this day and uh, it just seemed so appropriate. I met him at a charity event and he became my friend through working with me on charity events. So it's pretty special. And Bobby, I presume that you and John first crossed paths over at the studio for All My Children in New York City? Yeah, yeah, you know, I was a big fan because uh, I was a fan of All My Children before I was, you know, hired to, uh, to do the show. And I have to say, I mean, John Callahan was perhaps one of the most gorgeous soap stars, you know. I mean, he was just like, and 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 he was. I mean, he was part of a, 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 a super couple, he and he and Eva, and uh, and so I was a little bit starstruck. But uh, my dressing room was on the the same hall. Uh, as Walt Willie and John Callahan and Michael Knight. And it was, I have to say, <laughs> people called that, it was notorious. They called it Testosterone Row. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but so I don't know how I ended up there. <laughs> but uh, it was quite entertaining. He was, he was just, he, he's got, I, Melissa, I'm like you. I, I keep saying present tense and yeah. I probably, I probably always will. But right. just such a, an acid quick wit and he didn't hold any punches either. I mean, he, he was, you know, he, he could be pretty biting, you know, but funny. Yeah. He had a uh, great sense of humor. I mean, his character didn't often get to use that sense of humor as much, I think as, as uh, the drama side of him, but he really was a funny guy. I think, I think it's the curse of being so good looking. You know what I mean? It's like that. They don't like uh, really great looking guys to be the comic relief, you know, but he really could have been. He was just just so funny and really, really well liked. Our storylines never crossed, so I didn't really work with him. Like I worked with Walt, you know, uh, quite a bit, but but not John. And he wasn't on the show for, for very long. And then he moved back to California. But but then, as luck would have it, I moved to uh, the desert where he was. And we, we got to know each other actually more away from all my children than, than, than working on uh, all my children. And especially through iHub Radio. And, and our show did come on right after his. So, you know, we'd cross paths every Saturday and, you know, and, and say hey. And, and he was always just donating his time. He, you know, he'd love to, to perform. Anytime Melissa would ask him to do like a lip sync competition or, or MC this or that, uh, he was always there to lend a hand. And always with a smile. You know, reading John's filmography was as interesting as the man himself. There's the strapping hunk Edmund Gray on All My Children and even a baby-faced idol back in his days around the winery on Falcon Crest. 
But about five years ago, he had a starring role in something of a horror comedy film. Uh, And I just had to go back and check it out a few nights ago on Amazon Prime. It was called Sharkensaw Women's Prison Massacre. At first, I was a little surprised that he jumped at this role. He supervises female inmates who head out to do some physical labor along a river. And after he thinks that one of the girls in his charge has escaped, he's headed back to the big house, only to show his truly kinder and gentler side as a good Samaritan when a stranded motorist waves him, along with his inmates, down. Uh, That's when he finds out that it's a ruse to free the handful of convicts in his van And he gets kidnapped at gunpoint until one of the girls who was soon to be released finds a cache of weapons and enables him to regain the upper hand at a cabin where he's being held hostage. To begin with, the kidnapping and prison escape is now officially over. Sorry, folks, better luck next time. The business of getting out of here without getting eaten by whatever's outside has begun. Where did you get those? Well, the owner of this cabin is obviously a crackerjack survivalist, and we found enough guns here to start World War III. So, if you're good and promise not to shoot each other in the head, my friend Carl will give you the weapon of your choice. But should you choose to be a fool or a hothead, then my good friend Carl here will have to blow your heads clean off. And I will do that. So that's that. Let's go into the kitchen and load up. Now, of course, I'm sure that these beauties who are paying a price to society for their felonious sins and are working in denim cutoffs and tank tops had nothing to do with why he signed up for this indie film. I mean, but John did have a thing for the pretty girls, didn't he? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he did. We're going to continue with more of this special here on iHub Radio. Stay with us. Welcome back as we remember John Callahan, our friend and colleague. He was here on iHub Radio the last uh, almost two years. He was with us from day one when we started the first week in May. And he has been a a fixture in American uh, living rooms across this land on daytime TV. He was in primetime soaps. He's done a number of other film projects. And and he was just a great guy. We're here hanging out today with publicist Anthony Turk and also with Bobby Eeks and Melissa Niederman. And pleased to also welcome into the conversation now another one of his colleagues from the set of All My Children, Walt Willie, who played Jackson Montgomery there. And you guys both come on the program about the same time. I came on in 1987. So <laughs> John John joined the show there after, four or five years after, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, we were on Bobby Speaks the Truth. It was Testosterone Row. <laughs> and Bobby, we, we, we welcomed you. And uh, because you had the biggest balls of any of us, you should probably say so. so. You were absolutely in the right place. Um, I loved the, it. Yeah. Uh, John, we, we loved you there, kind of uh, softening the mix a little bit because it got to be a little too much sometimes. But the first thing I, I want to say is, you know, John and I are both Irish as Patty's pig. And we enjoyed being that. And he was extremely literate. And he and I were talking about Irish poetry, some of the kind of Homeric uh, ballad stuff. And he shared this with me once. I'd just like to share with you. I, I think it was timely beyond belief. This was one of his favorite Irish poems. Do not stand at my grave and weep. I am not there. I do not sleep. I am the thousand winds that blow. 
I am the diamond glints on snow. I'm the sunlight on ripened grain. I'm the gentle autumn rain. When you waken in the morning's hush, I am the swift, uplifting rush of gentle birds in circling flight. I'm the soft star that shines at night. Do not stand at my grave and cry. I am not there. I did not die. And I, I mean, he pointed this out to me and I, you know, my, my memory is not what it used to be, but I remember that so crystal clearly. Uh, I was talking about Irish poetry and Irish literature and him reading that. And he had it in a book in his drawer at, at his makeup table there. And yeah, so I, I just wanted to share that. I thought it was uh, timely, unfortunately, to say the least. John was one of those people who, like so many of us, often took better care of other people than he did of himself. And I don't say that with any kind of admonishment or finger pointing or anything because we were all I think on testosterone row with the exception of Bobby uh, I think we were all guilty of that he was a giving caring wonderful man who would take a bullet for you and uh, I, I just he'll be he'll be greatly missed I, I found him to be such a compassionate person. Just listening to his program every Saturday, he would talk about things that were in current events and news each week. And one of the things, because he definitely had some pretty strong political views leaning towards the left, but he also would talk about the fact that he had listeners who insisted that he had to find at least one positive thing to say about the administration each week. And and he did that. And he did it, you know, and he, he felt good about doing those kinds of things because he wanted to make everybody feel good, even if they might be misunderstanding certain things in his view. Mm-hmm. That's but, nice. But that we need a lot more of that. We yes. really do. Walt and Bobby, you come from the world of soaps where people come back to life all the time once they've left this plane, the earth. John was was no exception to that. Here was one scene from All My Children. A talented writer who used his gift to expose injustice and make life better for his fellow man. A compassionate man who rallied his friends and neighbors to help those most in need. Edmund Gray was a young man with many productive years still ahead of him. So how do we explain this senseless loss to ourselves, a life cut down in its prime? We must look to each other for strength and to him whose love and understanding surpasses that of mere men. I am the resurrection and the life, saith the Lord. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. I know that my Redeemer liveth and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though this body be destroyed, yet shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself. And mine eyes shall behold, and not as a stranger. For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For if we live, we live unto the Lord. And if we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live therefore or die, we are the Lord's. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord, even so saith the Spirit, for they rest from their... (laughs) At which point we hear Ruth Warwick's Phoebe (laughs) screaming as she turns around, and there stands John Callahan as Edmund Gray. And uh, I think all of us wish right now that we could dive into the world of soaps and, and have John join us again. It's mm-hmm. it's really it's a huge loss and and uh, he just he was so kind. I always enjoyed our conversations every Saturday morning when I would be here and he'd come in and say hi and we'd talk about a few things and I know uh, the last time I heard from him was last Wednesday. 
he was going to have a, a procedure done, and he was so full of life, you never think that something this tragic could happen so suddenly with a guy who had that much life in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. And um, I was talking with Sean Kanan, and they had just finished uh, their show called Studio City, and they wanted John Callahan to play a part in that. And he had told them, you know, I'm really you know, touched and thank you for the opportunity, but I, I really want to spend some time with my daughter. So I just, I can't Aww. do this right now. And they felt, wow, what a guy, you know, they already knew that he was special with giving so much to back to the community and then hearing that, you know, what comes first, family. And yeah. he did that. I'm John McMullen with Bobby Eakes, Melissa Neiderman, Anthony Turk, and Walt Willie will continue with more of our tribute to John Callahan, remembering the life of our friend. And coming up, we will talk with Julia Barr, who also co-starred with John on All My Children, in just a few minutes. Thanks for being with us. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us for this iHub Radio tribute to our dear friend and colleague, John Callahan, who passed away last week on March 28th. I'm John McMullen. Joining us is Melissa Neiderman, two of John's co-stars from All My Children, Bobby Eakes and Walt Willie. Publicist Anthony Turk is also with us, and we'll be joined shortly by another All My Children alum, Julia Barr. Kate Zena will also join us in a while. Before the break, we were talking about the light of John's life, the beautiful young lady that he raised with Eva LaRue, Kaya. Anthony, you've been in the picture with the whole family since before Kaya's birth. Would you like to share some thoughts about the relationship that John had that was so special with his daughter? Callahan called me Uncle Turkey because <laughs> Kaya calls me Uncle Turkey. Um, <laughs> last name like Tur- Turkey's my nickname. You know, he was so dedicated to her. I and mean, she's just an amazing kid. But like he, he, he was so proud of all of her accomplishments. Um, you know, she was Miss Junior Teen California. And um, Don and Eva made her do it because she originally said she wanted to do it as a joke. And then she kept talking about it. And so then they signed her up and then she didn't want to do it. And they said, oh, no, you're going to do it. She ended up <laughs> And John was so proud because he was able to make his daughter a big Yankees fan. Uh, yeah. You know, and she's, I mean, his daughter is not only so gorgeous to look at, but she's so bright. I mean, she's an amazing mm. writer. She started this hashtag still a girl movement and she's written articles for Teen Vogue, and she has done some work with the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. I mean, she's only 18. She's just a senior getting ready to graduate. She's taken under a cause where um, people don't realize that in the United States, you can be underage and, and you can get married because your parents can force you to in certain religious groups and stuff. So that's like a cause. And John was so proud of that because as you guys said before, John loved really smart people. He loved people with intellect. He loved people who read a lot. He loved people who wrote a lot. And he was just so proud that his daughter was that girl. And um, and he was such a good cheerleading dad. I would joke to him and I'd say, John, I'm so glad I don't have to go to these cheerleading competitions. He'd have to go to all these cheerleading competitions. <laughs> he was just so proud. He was so proud of her. I just, I love the way that, excuse me. It's okay. Um, I just, I, I just love the way that he just beamed you know, with his daughter. And he never really doted on her. He let other people dote on her. But his smile just showed that how proud he was of her. And that was just like his most proud thing. And and the other thing too, that I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, John and Eva, even though they weren't married, they were such a huge part of each other's lives. And they both co-parented together. 
and they were always on the same page. They never, ever went up against each other when it came to Kaya. They always worked it out between the two of them, and they were always on the same team. And I just, I always thought that that was just amazing that they were able to keep that friendship going. And, you know, John would come for holidays and everything. And so he was always, always a constant presence in Kaya and Eva's life. And I mean, he and Eva were really very close friends up to the very end. And it, it's going to be such, such a void, such a hole in their lives and all of our lives. Turkey, how is Eva doing? You know, they're just, they're overwhelmed because it was just, there was no preparation. It wasn't like, you know, I mean, it just happened so quickly. No, no and real chance just, to say goodbye. So, they're just so overwhelmed. I think they're still kind of shell-shocked. We're all having a very tough time dealing with it. I'm going to share a, a clip here. This was earlier this week with Kelly Rippa on live. I had really had a really a bad weekend this weekend. A very dear friend of mine for many, many years, almost 30, 30 years, uh, passed away over the weekend. He was a great actor, really good friend, one of the funniest people I've ever met. He was the ex-husband of my firstborn son's godmother, Eva LaRue. His name was John Callahan. He was 66 years old, way too young to be taken from us. A gentleman of, I, I mean, Ryan, you never knew each other, but you two would have loved each other. He would say the funniest things. And we've all been like going through our brains about all of the funny, like the funny Callahanisms over the years. He's just one of these guys. And, you know, he just died way too soon. His daughter and my daughter are good friends. They're the same age. And I just want everyone to know, Eva and Kaya, that we are thinking of you and we are so just sad and so devastated. So I apologize in advance if I seem out of it. I really actually am. I'm terribly out of it. So uh, forgive me. We're pleased to be joined now by yet another colleague who was with John on many, many episodes of All My Children, and their stories intersected an awful lot over the years. Joining us now is Julia Barr. She's with us on the phone. Hi, Julia. How are you? Hi, John. How are you? Sad, but at the same time, remembering a great friend. Yes, I agree. I think, actually, anybody who knew and worked with John would have the same sentiments about him. I have a few people that uh, I've worked with on all my children, you know, and I don't want to pick favorites, but definitely John was in a group of the of the favorites that I that I really loved and loved working with. He He was just, he was a funny guy. He, he made working with him so easy. It's hard to believe, you know, that, that he's not around anymore, even though I hadn't, hadn't seen him since he left the show and then since I've left the show. But it's a shock of course, to have heard about him. Uh, I, you know, I didn't know if he had been sick. I knew he'd been out in, in California for a while, but I feel tremendously sad for both Eva and and Kaya, this must be very difficult for them. And I've, you know, personally expressed my condolences to them. It's such a sort of a chaotic time in the world right now. And then to have someone who meant a great deal to all of us, you know, both his friends and his co-workers. And it just sort of makes it all the sadder because of, of this happening now. 
But, yeah. you know, I, I, I have wonderful memories uh, working with children. Here's a great example with that sense of humor involved. You can be a prince sometimes. And the other times? I'm getting to that. What do I do now? You are stonewalling me about Proteus, and I want you to name your source. Not until the investigation's over, and uh, when the story breaks, the law takes over. Are you making this decision for both of us? I guess I am. That's amazing. One minute a prince, the next a chauvinist pig. <laughs> and of course, then another lip lock. <laughs> I'm not sure anybody had more lip locks besides Eva with this guy than you did. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I don't, uh, offhand, I don't remember anybody else who was actually romantically involved with them. Not that I have that great a memory or that, you know, people, there are people who come up who. Uh, we're, 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 we're just all feeling your memory comment. That's all. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Let me see. What are the list of men that I've kissed? No. Anyway, um, there are people that have come up, I'm sure. Not only to just me and go, oh, don't you remember when yada, 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 and I'm so embarrassed to go, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I mean, Tom and all of us were, were really part of this very solid group. People who liked and loved work, working with each other. You know, you understood each other. You spent long hours together in terms of just taping a show every day. It's an extraordinary bond, I think that actors have under these circumstances. And I used to say I had like four husbands. I had my real husband, then I had Edmund, <laughs> then I had Adam, <laughs> then I had Tom Cuddy, you know, so it's like... <laughs> she could have had Jackson if she played her cards right. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody right. else on the yeah. cast who uh, kind of rubbed friction-wise elbows with John's character Edmund was Aiden Turner. And there was a period in the show's storyline where the two of them were kind of competing for the affections of Maria's character. And so there was one occasion when they ended up in a room together while he was in bed during a time when he was restricted to a wheelchair. And they had a conversation about politics. And I was thinking, here's a conversation that could have just happened this last weekend on John's show here on iHub Radio. Your bloody elections tell me please fool me in how do they work it's like they defy all the laws of cause and effect yeah they do but you know hell of a lot better than you brits who by the way uh, didn't we oh, come about a couple on. of centuries don't, twice don't start. I, I, yes, start. I, i'm sorry i digress you want to know the secret of american politics very simple everybody knows the truth and everyone agrees not to talk about it right i can understand that so i see so the, so the electoral college not the people elect the president mm -hmm. Well, I'm sorry, but that's a load of baloney. A lot of baloney. Mm -hmm. The Electoral College is the essence of creative, all right? It is designed to protect the farm states, little itty-bitty farm states, all right. and whoop from the big industrial cities. So the one man, one vote exactly. is then followed by, unless it's bleeding close, all bets are off. Well, then it's in Florida. Well, I'm sorry, yes. but your definition of creative sucks, man. Oh, really? Huh? You want to talk sucks? That, I think, kind of captured part of the, the real John Callahan <laughs> yeah, really. within that's his so character. It's almost like he wrote the script for himself. You mean you mean that was from the show? That sounds like from the dressing room. I know, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I tell you, you know, in terms of the writing, writers would often, you know, be able to actually take on the tone of the character and write for many years. Let's on be honest. Show. We were we were convinced they had microphones in the dressing rooms <laughs> yeah. because they would come up with things that were so from our lives and so from our yes. personal opinions that we were like, wait a minute. I haven't seen Megan McTavish in six months. How can she possibly oh. be writing it? 
<laughs> so true. Well, you know, we were talking about Kaya, his daughter, earlier, and how much she has gotten involved with things that really made John very, very proud. I, I remember uh, one day he walked in and he said, hey, I'm not going to be able to be here this coming Saturday. Can you cover for me? Because I'm going out to the coast to take Kaya, we're going to go and take her to a school. She was looking at colleges, and he was so proud that she was going to look at a school. I think it was in Santa Barbara that he had attended. Actually, John, he took Ethan and Kaya, and he was so excited, and he was, sorry, gosh, uh, he toured them all around on the way back. He and Eva were talking about how they were going to look so forward to wherever she inevitably ended up going, you know, driving her to school this fall. And that's going to be a real kind of bittersweet day. And it's such a disappointing time for all of these kids who are graduating because no one's going to have a prom. No one's going to have a graduation. It's kind of all going to be a wash this year, which is really another disappointment for all these kids, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully when this all hopefully resolves, They'll have things that they remember from it sort of add to the quality of their life in terms of things that they would never have thought they could go through with themselves and, and their friends. Sometimes you find a great deal. Yeah, I, I, I think it's up to all of us to, to make sure that we do whatever we can, that this doesn't define them. Hopefully it, it, it strengthens us all and doesn't beat us all. But I think to be defined by that, I think, uh, I think it's incumbent on all of us, the, the generation ahead, to raise them up above that. And I can't imagine yeah, that we no, won't. I, no, I mean, I think it's the same way with, you know, like uh, my daughter was, uh, I'm trying to think, in 2011, she was in high school. I mean, you know, 9-11. And, um, you know, that's, um, it's you know, you always carry a certain history with you, of, especially if, if it's something that's worldwide. Um, but it's also something that I think young people can take away positive things of how people help each other, you know, how the world responds in general, as opposed to the negative part of it. And I think John probably was a great living example of that. Let's face it, all of us could go out and make our money doing television. And as my good friend <laughs> once said, movies make you well-known, television makes you rich, but theater makes you good. And we could have all taken our money, but John was one who gave and gave and gave and gave. And I think set a fine example for all of us. What he would do for other people and put other people you know, ahead of himself. He didn't want to be, there were times when he didn't necessarily want to be in the spotlight. I remember, Melissa, in, in that program that you did a week ago, you guys were talking about the time that he was being the bartender at an event. And, and it was about, I'm here to do this job. I'm not here to be, you know, to be John, the personality. He was really about doing whatever he could to help others and to make people feel good. And I think that that just really speaks to why he resonated so well with all of us as not just a colleague, but as a friend. Right. I mean, again, on the bartending, he always would call or text and say, what can I do? I don't care. Just tell me what you want me to do. And I'm there. And then the funny other story is with my husband, who he's met multiple times, he would always (laughs) go up to my husband and reintroduce himself. Like my husband didn't know who he was. He would just go, hey, I'm John Callahan. And he would always tell everybody his name first because he never expected people to know that he was this star. And that his ego didn't come first, especially when it came to all the charity work that we did. 
and every text that uh-huh. I wrote to him and I thanked him and I, he would ask, how much money did we make? And I would tell him, I say, thanks for your celebrity power. And he goes, oh, honey, it's your spirit. It is worth a hundred movie credits and together we're a great team. Yeah. And um, I'm going to really miss, miss working with him and having that larger than life energy around me when I'm doing these events. Yeah. Well, fortunately, he's going to be with all of us in spirit. Yes. And, uh, yes, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> you know, I, I actually pulled a, a couple of clips that just take up a matter of about a minute um, that are the beginning and the end of the last show he did for us two Saturdays ago. I wanted to share that. Live from the Coachella Valley. From daytime drama. I want to walk over to you and I want to hold you and I'll take you in my arms and never let you go. To daily drama. I refer to them as animals. Shaking up your Saturday. The John Callahan Show from iHub Radio. Good morning, Palm Springs. Coachella Valley, Southern California. The rest of the United States. It's the John Callahan Show. I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you're healthy. You have been ordered to stay home. We're talking, of course, about the coronavirus. And I am keeping my distance. Be safe. Stay home. This is serious business, okay? It's the John Callahan Show. Love you. Now, what I thought was interesting about that was he did something at the end of that broadcast that something I had not heard him do on any of the other ones. He ended the show with, love you. And, and it's just, it, it seems super poignant at this moment as I went back and listened to that. And I was like, wow, you just never know you can't take tomorrow for granted. And I think that that was who he was. He wanted people to know that they were valued by him. And also, I think you have a, a heightened state also of wanting to communicate with people. That yeah, that's very well put, Julia. Absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, and I, you know, sometimes I think it's it's just one of those things, which is, you know, it's wonderful to have him say that because you know of all the stuff that was going around even two weeks ago. So, but um, it's a lovely, you know, it's a lovely message. Well, thank you to all of you uh, for joining us, uh, Anthony Turk, uh, Bobby Eeks, Melissa Neiderman, Julia Barr, Walt Willie. I appreciate all of you taking part in this conversation today and remembering our dear friend, John Callahan. And when we continue, we're going to be joined by another one of our uh, colleagues here from iHub Radio who is going to talk about a special connection that he had, not just with other human beings, but with those four-legged friends of ours as well. Kate Zeno will join us. Thank you for being with us today, guys. Thank you. Thank you you for the opportunity. Take care. care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on this special broadcast, sadly our final episode of the John Callahan Show on iHub Radio. I would like to mention that coming up in the next hour, live on iHub Radio, I will join my colleague Brian Mendoza, host of our weekly Flicks and Picks film review show. Brian was also John's producer of his Saturday talk show here, and we're going to open up the telephone lines at 760-544-8255. That's 760-544-8255. You'll find that number at the top of the iHubRadio.com homepage. 
and let you share your own words about John after our news at the top of the hour. We will also talk about some of John's other shows and work, so please stay tuned for that coming up. Another member of the iHub Radio family and another professional actor who is here to share about the amazing person we know as John Callahan is Kate Zena. I'm sorry that it takes an occasion like this to bring the family back together, but thank you for being here, Kate. And as I mentioned just before the break, John had a special place in his heart, not just for his fellow humankind, but also for man's best friend. And that was one of those places where the two of you made such a huge connection, right? It was uh, man's and woman's because I am that crazy dog lady. And I, I will always remember that John stepped in when I needed a person to drive with me. I had found uh, two dogs in Los Angeles. We we're in, uh, in Palm Springs, a, a solid three hours each way. And I found these two dogs, these two great big German Shepherd siblings that I was desperate to help because I didn't want them to get separated before they were adopted at the shelter. And I thought, who could I call? Who could I call? I, I texted John and then I called him and he said, sure, I'll go with you, Kate. Just <laughs> let me just, you know, do a couple things. And yeah, what time do you want to leave? And we, we left. We got about 40 minutes outside of Palm Springs and had a great old jibber jabber. And he said, you know, I think that we should check the shelter to make sure they're still there. So I said, oh, that's a really smart thing to do, John. So I called and it turned out that there was someone there right then after three weeks of them being in the shelter with no interest, there was someone there adopting them. And so we ended up coming back to Palm Springs, having lunch at 8.9 and we had a really lovely time and chatted more and, and we drove back home. I think I dropped him off at his place. I helped him with his dog, Callie. I was helping him train Callie and giving him little bits of tips. And I just, I just was so blown away that someone I didn't know that well would jump in and and be that kind of friend at the last minute. He was just such a chum. And he said that he'd been, he was known kind of as an Irish mensch. And I said, that's what you are. You're an Irish mensch. Yeah. And it was just really touching. And he will, he just stays with me. He's one of those people who was so big of heart and spirit and personality. And for a guy I, who had the talents that he had, uh, you really didn't see any ego. It was just a truly kind human being. Oh, gentle, gentle, kind, burly, flawed, not flawed, amazing, vulnerable, sweet, funny, super smart, um, wily, everything. And, and you just got that from him. He just, when he, sh he just showed up, he, it was really him in a moment. And I can't imagine this world without him. I don't understand how we, he's not in the world. It's, it's, I'm, I'll be shocked and saddened and for a long, 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 long time. Well, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, John. Thanks for having me. And you're, you're incredible for putting all of this together. What a, a very special person John is and will remain. Thank you, Kate Zena, for being a part of this special edition of The John Callahan Show. I'd also like to thank Anthony Turk, Melissa Neiderman, Bobby Eakes, Walt Willie, Julia Barr, and each and every person who has tuned in today to celebrate John's life with us. And on a deeply personal level, we all want to express our sincere condolences to John's daughter, Kaya, and dear friend and co-parent, Eva LaRue, and all of his family and friends. Make John proud, especially at this difficult time. Love the ones you hold near and dear and go forth and do good. For all of us at iHub Radio, may your shadow fall in pleasant places today. Rest in peace, John. <laughs>